Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Tonight we heard the fifth and the final reading from the Passion History of our Lord Jesus Christ as it is drawn from the four Gospels. All of what we heard over these last few weeks have been direct quotations from the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we heard tonight that what Jesus, why Jesus was sent into the earth in the first place, we heard Jesus as he was fulfilling the various prophecies and promises of God. We heard Jesus as he was taking away the sin of the world, bearing the wrath of God, suffering the punishment for our sin, shedding his innocent blood on behalf of all mankind. This is why Jesus was first promised, in order to fulfill that which that God would say that he would do by the, when Adam and Eve had sinned. And that is also why it is important for us to meditate on our Lord's passion. In fact, if you study the Gospels, if you read them, you'll discover that a large portion of the Gospels are centered just around our Lord's passion on Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, along with his resurrection. So God is fulfilling his promise to defeat Satan and save sinners by redeeming sinners through the blood of the Lamb. God fulfills this in the crucifixion of Jesus, where the Son of Man is glorified because the love of God is made manifest as he pays for our sin. Many passages of scripture are fulfilled in the events that we heard tonight, which demonstrates that Jesus truly is the coming one, that he is the promised prophet, that he is the king of kings, that he is our great high priest. This shows that God also keeps all of his promises and does precisely what he says he will do. This shows that God does not lie. God does not deceive. God does not err. God desires to sanctify us instead by his truth. And so tonight we hear Jesus fulfill passages of scripture concerning his passion. In Isaiah chapter 52, it is declared he was numbered with the transgressors, even as they mocked him. And then one finally talks to Jesus and says, Lord, remember me. And Jesus speaks, I truly, truly, I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. We heard the prophecy fulfilled from Psalm 69, verse 12, when Jesus cried out, I thirst. We also heard the prophecy from Psalm 22, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus prayed that entire psalm. Jesus also in that psalm prayed, they divided my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. King David obviously penned it, but it was penned as a prayer that Jesus would pray on the cross. Jesus also prayed in Psalm 31, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. When Jesus declares it is finished, God's promise in scripture to save sinners by the blood of the lamb is now fulfilled. When the soldiers do not break his legs, they are fulfilling the prophecies of Exodus chapter 12, verse 46, when they were celebrating the Passover and they were told that they cannot break the bones of the animals that they slaughter on the Passover feast. 
that is also found in Numbers 9.12. And the prophecy of his bones not being broken is also in Psalm 34.20 and Zechariah. And, and then in Zechariah 12, it talks about our Lord's side being pierced. All of this is accomplished. In his crucifixion, Jesus accomplishes and fulfills the word, and Jesus also is speaking the word of God. But as you also heard tonight, there are others who were speaking while Jesus continued to speak on the cross. Jesus said those various seven words fulfilling passages of scripture. But while he was saying them, there were others who were speaking words of derision and disdain, words of mockery and words of scorn. All sorts of people joined in this ridicule. Some in the crowd said, you who said you would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. And people were saying, if you are the son of God, come down from the cross. The chief priests, the scribes, and the elders also said, well, he saved other people, so himself he cannot save. Or they said, let the Christ, the King of Israel, now come down from the cross that we may see and believe. Or they were saying, he trusts in God, let God save him, for he said, I am the Son of God. Joining in in this chorus were the soldiers who mocked him, saying, if you are the King of the Jews, save yourself. And that one criminal said, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Can you think of how terrible this is? He's already been beaten. He already had suffered these many lashes. They put on this crown of thorns. They had mocked him in many different ways. They nail him to the cross. He is there and they're still not satisfied. They must open their mouths and say all these horrendous things against him. How debased are they? But put yourself in their shoes for a moment. And also, did you notice the repetitive theme of these very clever, devious words? They're basically saying, hey, son of God, hey, king of the Jews, hey, Christ, look at all those miracles that you performed. If you're so great, save yourself. Be a real Messiah. Don't let these things happen to you. Take care of yourself for a change. After all, aren't you a savior? We did hear them use the word save a lot as they mocked Jesus, but they didn't understand that that is how he was saving mankind, by offering himself as a substitutionary atonement for all people. These self-appointed preachers with their self-appointed sermons are voices and tools of Satan. They are, devil, they are the devil's mouths speaking devilish words. They not only mock our Lord, but they tell him to separate himself from the word of God. They encourage him not to be numbered among the transgressors. They tell him that he should not be the lamb of God who sheds his innocent blood to take away the sin of the world. They're basically by mocking him saying, well, you shouldn't fulfill the scriptures. And such is the preaching of the devil. And the Lamb of God, however, would have nothing of it. He will not save himself because he had come to save sinners like you and me. He desires to fulfill the will of his father, and so he does it. 
His desire is to fulfill all that is written of him in the scriptures, and so he does so. He sheds his blood as the ransom payment for our sin. So instead of listening to all of these lies of the devil coming through the mouths of humans who are so pride, full of pride and puffed up, Jesus, he stays put. He remains on that cross. He had the power to bring himself down, but he instead remains the curse for bearing the sin of the world. He remains the one suffering the wrath of God as he is forsaken by his Father in heaven. He remains numbered among the transgressors because he is willing to take the blame for the world's sin and to suffer for it. Your salvation depends on this work of our Lord Christ. There are many today who will mock us for believing these events of Jesus. There are many today who tell us that there are other ways to get into heaven. There are many self-appointed preachers out there who will say any type of lie that any person wants to believe. Their aim and their goal, whether they know it or not, whether it is intentional for them or not, is to pull you away from your Savior, away from the voice of your good shepherd, and teach you to trust in themselves, those false preachers, or to trust in your own self and your own feelings and your own emotions, which, as you heard on Sunday, we need to learn to wrestle against. So do not listen to those various lies. Do not listen to the various false preachers out there. Instead, listen to the Lamb of God, who declared whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. The Lamb of God who said, this is my body and this is my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. On that night, the night in which he was On the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus established his last will and testament. And at the death of the testator, it becomes true and binding forever. And this testament which Jesus declared, this is my body and this is my blood, is sealed in our Lord's death, never to be changed. And that word of the Lord endures forever. The way of salvation is secured and it is complete, as Jesus said. And what Jesus says occurs in the sacraments remains true forever. Baptism is the means by which God adds people to his family. And this testament sealed by the blood of Jesus, the Lord's Supper, that New Testament, is the means by which Jesus continues to give you his body and blood for the forgiveness of of all of your sins. Jesus raises up, despite all the lies out there and the false teachers, he continues to raise up true teachers of the word, true servants of Christ who tell God's people not necessarily what they want to hear, but what God's word says, and that is what they need to hear. We will listen to those voices. We will listen to those who are truly under shepherds of Christ, who proclaim the truth of God, who are bound to the word of God, enslaved to him, bond servants of Christ, and stewards of the mysteries of God. 
called and ordained servants of Christ are not self-appointed preachers like those many voices were at the time of Christ's crucifixion. But instead, their aim is to serve Christ, to do his will, and to deliver to you the true and pure word of God. To do as Paul said, who, pro who announced to the Ephesian elders that he had not failed to proclaim to them the whole counsel of God. And their task is to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, your Savior, your Lamb, who died in your place. And for in Christ you have life, and he is your light and your salvation. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Thank mm -hmm. you.